podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Sometimes saving money takes work, but when you switch to Xfinity Mobile, it's easy. You'll save hundreds a year on your wireless bill and get nationwide 5G included at no extra cost. Wow, that was easy. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Hello, welcome to another Touchy Gunners podcast. My name is Lewis and uh, I'm joined by the usual cast of German Dan, Nigerian Dan and Leroy, Dr. Leroy. Sorry, I've got to get your title correct. No, no forget that, man. You know, man, you didn't go medical school for 27 years to not, for, for me not to call you Dr. Leroy. Put that shit out, man. Put that shit out. <laughs> How you lads doing? All good, man. Yeah, bless you. Um, just before we start then, just a few bits of housekeeping. Um... Thank you to all of our patron users. We've got more patron content coming this week. So big up all of you lot who um, are a patron. You know, we've got so much content on there. If you if you do want to become a patron, the, the link is in the bio. So feel free to do so. Like we've got a thousand listeners and the patrons aren't quite matching up in it. So if you, if you respect our content, if you support our content and you do want to like, you know, get more or just show some general support, sign up to the patron. It's, you can sign up for as little as three pound a month. What's that? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not much money. So, um, just helps us support what we do. Um, with the Patreon, you get all the Discord lives for the, for the live uh, match chats for the game. So, we do, we do commentary on all the Arsenal games. We didn't do one today because it's like no one gives a shit about the Carabao Cup. Hence why we're only going to spend like 10 minutes on it for this episode. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think that's all the plugs. Um, if, Can I face yeah. that on the Discord live? Just, just yeah, go on. So, last time I got the Discord live, I got rushed, yeah? Did you? If that happens again, me and everybody on there fighting. I'm telling you that right now. It happen again. Who rushed you? Well, because I watch anime, yeah? <laughs> These men were on to me. On to me. 
There were pictures. Nah, I couldn't hack it. Oh, couldn't hack it but, sorry. but half of them on the Discord watch anime. Nah, nah, nah. I got rushed, bro. Uh, that, that place is a dangerous place. But it, be fair. If I was on that Discord, I would have been rushing you as well, bro. Because that anime <laughs> stuff at, tw- at, at 30 years old is unacceptable. <laughs> hey, <laughs> elite, man. I'm watching Dragon Ball Z at 30 years old, you know. You know, Uncle. Do you still collect the cards? anyway um let's move on to the carabao cup kind of sounds like a fucking pokemon doesn't it carabao um yeah let's talk about the game tonight um briefly because i don't really want to spend too much time on it it was a bit of a nothing game Uh, i don't think many of us cared too tough if um we had got through, but you know we did, and it was a good performance. To be fair, good performance. For, uh, and I know Leicester were like quite depleted, um, but so were we. Um, it was nowhere near our first strength team. So, um, Leroy, you might as well kick things off. What, what did you think of the game today and and Arteta's team selection? Um, so I was prob- I was happy with the team selection, all apart from Saliba. I, I feel like he he really could have started this game. I feel like the game's not that important. If we lost, we lost. I know, I, I can see why he really wanted to win because Arteta's really trying to build momentum around the club. But I'd have loved to leave it to start. But apart from that, happy with the lineup. Overall, I'm actually, I'm actually seeing really promising signs from, from the team. Um, that We defended quite well. Um, obviously, Leicester's going to get their chances, which they did have. But you're starting to see some real structure in our play and things are really starting to click as a unit. Now, I feel that in a, in a way, also, that's just exposing our deficiencies in terms of the weaknesses that we have as individuals and where we can upgrade in the team. But I can really see the coaching side of things start to pay off. Um, and I just think it's credit to Arteta. Um, I feel like we actually were pretty decent in combination play. Um, I thought Saka and Nelson in particular were really good. I actually liked Joe Willock for the first time in a long time in that deeper position. Um, yeah, uh, Eddie, loved what Eddie did. Pepe was shit, but what's new? Um, uh, David Luiz was fantastic and overall as a team I pretty much liked what we did with the quality of players that we had out there so yeah I've got no real complaints to be honest and um, we got the win we probably deserved the win and we were probably good for it overall um, but yeah yeah, no, I'm pretty, did, pretty... did you mention Nelson? Yeah Nelson I thought he was fantastic Oh, oh okay, okay. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not fighting Nelson obviously but the, yeah. probably, probably either the first or the second the first game not against Champo position that I thought Nelson Nelson's really played well for us. Yeah, he looked he looked smart on the ball. He looked smart on the ball. Um, to Dan's any any uh, standout performances from you guys other than what Leroy mentioned? Yeah, I think. Sorry, I should really differentiate between the Dan, shouldn't I? Yeah, Nigerian Dan, you go first. Yeah, because you got there first. I, I, I saw the, the hands on the buzzer was there, there first. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just think you, you have to highlight um, Bukayo Saka, I think, for his first half um, performance, really. Like, the kid just shows every time that he gets on the pitch that he's he's just sort of 10 steps ahead of everyone else um, that's there. I thought, yeah, he, he did link well with um, Nelson, and it's good to see Nelson, I think, playing in probably what is his favoured position. Um, and and get to highlight what what he's good at, sort of the the tight combinations coming in off uh, that left hand channel that I don't think we've really got to see uh, too much. But I just think Bukayo Saka, wherever, wherever that guy's playing, whether that's you know left wing back, left centre mid, left wing, you know he always seems to make make things happen, and he's just such a creative player, man. That we just need to see him start more games for us. I think. At, at what point did 
um, Bakayo Saka become our most creative player? Yeah, it's a mad thing. Like, mad thing. he is actually, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll get on to the, the, the West Ham game in a minute. But I mean, even today, like everything positive that we did came through Saka. Same, same again on, uh, on the weekend against West Ham. German, Dan, where, where, at what point of Saka's development did we start seeing this, this really creative player and someone who's really putting the team on his back in terms of the creative burden? I think when he initially came in on the team at left back, his role was quite restricted. Um, but he managed to still create um, a good level from, from that role. And um, I think that role kind of limited what people thought he was capable of. And whenever... Yeah, I think it was a lot of people who fear. But whenever he's gone, has gone to play in a different role, he's shown other capabilities and new facets to his game. I think he's just, he's um as uh, as the other Dan said, he's just ten steps ahead. Um, he has a he has a picture and and he, he utilizes his teammates very well. I, I remember when we played Leicester last time in the league, we played right wing, and um, we we all know he's he's not really a one two one on one guy really like that. He's not really a dribbler like that. Um, and he, he still managed, he just creates separation through utilising his teammates, utilising the space um, when the space is there. He's just very, very smart and makes the right decisions. And I, I believe his, his use of this, his body, like for example, obviously not this game, but last time against Leicester, it was just a little shimmy selling Evans. Then today, a couple of little shimmies creating the, the, that little bit of space to then get this pass into someone and then get the return. Um, overall, he, he was by far the best player for us on the pitch today. Um, he looked, he looked, he looked way ahead of everyone else creatively and just in general. Um, and I was, I was laughing because he was playing wing back, and the ball has to go to him all the time for us to create something. Um, so in a way, as, as same as Lira, I wasn't, I wasn't quite happy with the starting eleven. I wanted Saliba to start, but um, I also wanted to see us in a different shape. I know it's wishful thinking, perhaps, but. I wanted to see us in a different shape um, and, and a shape that allows Saka to play more centrally. Um, I think he has a lot to give in, 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 in a central position. And um, I think left side of midfield um, and a midfield three would be very interesting to see him. And I think a league game, league cup game is a good opportunity to use it. Of course, it worked out all well today and he, he still played well. Um, but I just I would like to see it, man, because I think he can really develop there. So, so we, don't, we don't need a while then. We just, we just play Saka. Play both of them, man. We, we want to drip for real. Slow <laughs> down, big man. <laughs> just, just a few things that have like really impressed me about Saka today was um, I feel like he's coming along physically quite well. Um, people are bouncing off of him, um, which maybe necessarily we didn't see at the start. I, I, I never really thought he was weak physically. He's always been quite, you know, resilient, and you know, he never really got bullied per se. Um, but I do feel like he is, he's becoming quite strong on the ball. He's very difficult to get off the ball. You know, he's knocking people off of himself and, you know, um, and also his defensive contribution. Like, I think um, he's had a few maybe criticisms, maybe that he isn't the greatest defender in the world. But I thought today he was fantastic. Like, not just in terms of his actual defensive actions, but just being there, you know, like doing the right things and tactical discipline and stuff like that. And, yeah, I'm just I'm really impressed with him, man. Like I think I think the, the world is his oyster at this point. He could really become whatever he wants to be. Um, you, know, and I, you know what I really like, man. Um, I think his 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 ball reception is very good because sometimes he 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 pushes the ball out 
when um, when he needs to when the space is there. But when there's no space, he kind of he touches the ball too tight. It looks like he's miscontrolled, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's he's got the ball under control, and it kind of makes the defenders back off him a little bit, and it gives him like he just so many things that buys him a little bit more time. And he's just I don't know. He's just you know the thing about Saka, he's 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 got fantastic fundamentals. All the small little nuances you notice about football that don't look flash, he does correctly. And, and that's what's really, really good about him. But I really hope that he has developed in this left centre midfield position or in a central position. Because I feel like if we're going to have a star on our hands, that's where it's going to be. Um, I know what you said about him developing physically. Now, he has always been relatively strong on the ball. So he's got very, very good core strength. Very, very good. And he sets himself well because he's always balanced, which is really important. But I still don't feel he has that top-level explosiveness, which is what you want to see from players in the final third. But he has an incredible football brain. That's his complete USP. As um, Dan said, he's got really, really good close control. He's creative. He's really good in combinations in small spaces. Fantastic end product. Fantastic end product. Fantastic ball striking. Good execution of things. These are things that make a top-quality midfielder. And... With all his attributes, I feel like if he's developed there, we could have a star on our hands. And I really feel we should go for it, particularly if we don't get some of the offensive signings that we plan to get this season. Mm. I don't see why what, what's holding our back from it. Because I, I really did hope that he came in for Ainsley Metal-Niles in that dual role, because I think I mentioned it in the group before he actually did on the, against the West Ham game. I feel like he'd be really useful there. And even though he was quite sloppy in the West Ham game, you saw the kind of positions he was taking up. You saw how he was playing on the half turn in that position. And he was the pre-assist for two of our goals. Mm. So I just feel like Arteta's got to be brave of him and he's got to trust him in that position. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a, interesting to see that one develop because we don't really know what Arteta is like. He doesn't have a track record of bringing through youth players. And, you know, if, if, if he is schooled by Pep, you know, that would be a bit concerning. Um, just you know, in terms of how Pep has utilised some of the quality youth players that they have at City. So I'm hoping, obviously, City is different because they've got way better options available. Well, not way better options, but I mean, they've got a lot of quality available um, at their disposal. So maybe you can get away with it in that regard. But um, you mentioned Nelson's performance. What, what, was, um, what was key about Nelson's performance this week that set him apart from maybe um, in other games where he's looked quite sloppy? For me, I just think that he linked well. He did, he, he, he did a lot of the basics very well today. Um, I think when he's played in the past, the ball's come up to him, it's not stuck. Um, he's tried things, they've not come off. You know, he's not been able to make simple five, ten-yard passes. His ball striking has been poor um, in the past. We didn't really see much of that um, today. I think in the first like two minutes, he let off a shot, you know, and he actually connected with the ball um, very well that we know that his technique... Um, uh, allows him to do and has done at some of the underage groups but when it's been in the first team it, he's always hit he's always scuffed his shots he's always dragged his shots wide um that kind of thing so I saw like two or three really good efforts from Nelson today um and also just his general link-up play was was quite sharp I think when he got into that final third he was finding people um in the pockets and he was getting into space in the pockets himself and not necessarily getting brushed off the ball um, as we've seen him uh, do in the past. So I just think he was he was very neat and tidy today. And I think he facilitated us keeping the ball quite high up very well today, um, which normally is where um, his game's been falling down in the first team. Yeah. I, I, what I noticed about 
him, which is um, something that I've criticised him before, just having required to be playing at the top level. And um, I felt like today he played with a lot more intensity and he, he was able to stay in the game and be part of influence the game as well, which is what we want to see from Nelson because he's got ability. He's got ability. Like We can't lie and say that he hasn't got ability. He clearly has, you know... Similar like Saka, he's got good fundamental, fundamental like technical um, attributes. Um, Leroy, you're quite, uh, you're quite um, down, not down, but crit- critical of Nelson. What, what did you see today that impressed you? So I am critical of Nelson because I feel like um, he he doesn't contribute that much. Um, if you're going to play in the final third, you need to do something. Now Nelson's always been pretty good in combination play. He's been pretty sort of neat and tidy, tidy technically. The problem I have with Nelson is, number one, his end product, and it's been poor consistently. Number two, if you're going to be the type of player who I... Because we had, in my mind, Nelson was like a wide player who's going to be aggressive, he's going to attack people, but he's going to dribble and stuff like that. But he's not. He is a he, probably a, a step down from what Iwobi was when he broke through. A player who is a combination player, who keeps the ball moving, who then comes inside, plays with the... combines with the strikers and advances the ball. But I didn't feel he even advanced the ball very, very well. So I didn't really see what Nelson contributes. So he was good today, don't get me wrong. He was nice and tidy, but I need to see him go to the next level. If you're going to be someone who advances the ball from the second to the final third, you're going to have to be doing that well. And he's going to have to take a step up in that. He's going to have to improve in his final third third play. He's going to have to improve in his um, end product. He's going to have to improve in his ball striking. So I think Nelson is a make or break time for him. And he is prime for a loan at a decent team, at a decent level. Show us what you've got because it's either we're going to sell you or you're going to be a useful squad player for us. Um, and he really needs to develop those parts of his game. See, I, th- I think Nelson, Nelson has, um, as he said, he's got, he's, got the, he's got the fundamentals. But for me, his application and uh, at times also execution of technical things has really lacked for me. And, um, and then also intensity in that. And those are, those are things that I view quite... So if you don't have the intensity, at least... Um, be very good in cleaning your technical actions and proficient in that way. If you don't do both, I'm usually quite harsh because at least I need to see one of the two. So um, I think today he was really good, man, and 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 both of those aspects. And um, those are the type of performance that I believe he needs to kind of give us every time he plays, or for the majority of the time of the time he plays, to have a good stake to become a regular squad player at Arsenal. Um, I think he might be going unknown. I think there's some talks about that. But um, Jenny, I was encouraged by by his performance, and um, throughout as well. And it doesn't, it didn't have to be capped off with a goal or an assist. Um, it was just, it was, a, it was a good performance overall. And um, I really liked how him and um, Saka were linking up on on the left side. So um, I think they have a good understanding um, of each other, when to go, when to pass, and they were both confident. Man, it was it was good to see. Agreed, agreed. Um, before we quickly move on, just yeah, I thought Louise looked sharp coming back today. I think he's gonna. He has to play against Liverpool. I think we need him in the team. I thought, I thought Eddie was really, really good. Um, he's just such a nuisance, man. Fucking hell, he's such a nuisance. We really need to get him tied down to a new contract because there's a player in there. And if, he is, if it isn't going to be here, it's going to be somewhere else. So we need to protect him as an asset. And um, he got a well-deserved goal today. Like a typical Eddie goal, I thought, you know, just just being a pain in the arse and just like just getting on... Oh, getting the scraps you know and I think for so for so long 
you know, Arsenal have always kind of lacked that kind of player. Do you remember back in the Wenger era where we where people would be like, oh, we need that player who's just going to be the fox in the box kind of thing. Hey, and Eddie Francis, is that guy. He's what Francis Jeffers is supposed to be. Yeah, he's what, he, he is what Francis Jeffers is supposed to be, exactly. I love yeah. it. I love my strikers as strikers. I love my strikers. You know when you can tell a striker from a mile off, if I can tell, if I ask Eddie his goal record when he was twelve years old, he'll tell me. He'll know how many goals he scored in every game as well. Every game, left foot, right foot, header. He will tell me. But he's a proper striker. He's really, really about his goals, and he gets he, he sniffs in and around the box. He gets in the right positions. He knows where the ball's going to land. So uh, he, he's fantastic. I just wish he was a bit taller. If he was a tiny little bit taller and a tiny bit more, I think, he, I think he's got a good jump though, doesn't he? I think he jumps quite high whenever he challenges. Mm, he does, but I just wish he had a bit more presence about him. So in terms of his back to goal game and could develop that, and then was a tiny bit more athletic, even though he's really improving in that in that regard. But if he was at those two things, I was thinking, boy, we, we really have a talent on our hands. But definitely, I think um, Eddie has grown on me particularly, and I think all of us. And um, mm. definitely need to keep him around because strikers also mature quite late. You don't really see strikers apart from the young phenoms banging when they're 20, 21. They usually hit stride about 24, 25 and they really start netting. Um, so we definitely need to keep any around to that age because you never know. He really could turn out to be a very, very big player for us. And yeah. I, I think I think that the Eddie, the, the, the development of Eddie is also another, this goes to Martinelli now, but I think in order for them to coexist, because I think we have two gems on our hand, and obviously, I think Martinelli will ultimately be a striker, but I think um, in the next couple of years, he can develop on that left-wing position, um, having, having a squad role, and then ultimately, he, he might move into the middle. I think he will move into the middle, but it'd be good for them to kind of play play with each other and, um, uh, and have them both on the pitch, because I think they're both very capable goal scorers um, in their respective positions. So um, I think we have quite a few young stuff we can actually be quite excited about. Um, we just need that added quality in midfield to kind of elevate all, all of, the pl- of those players' games. Um, and I think it, it will come soon. God willing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so all, all things, you know, go in how the universe says they will go. Um, we'll probably have Liverpool in the next round. So um, don't get your hopes up too much. But, you know, Arteta's 2-2 two and two against Klopp. So... You know, who knows? Uh, maybe he can make it free and free, but I wouldn't hold my breath. Um, let's let's move on from Carabao Cup anyway. Let's talk a little bit about what happened on on um, the weekend. Two um, one win over West Ham. Um, it was um, it was a, a bit of a crash back down to earth. I thought. Um, you know, after the three 0 win against Fulham, where you know we we, we were. You know, we're on a semi-high, you know, so we, we, we like certain things about the performance. We look very comfortable. Um, and the West Ham game put us immediately back in that, that discomfort zone, you know, that, that, you know where, where we've been so used to being for the last two or three years, you know, being outshot, being, um, you know, West Ham having a lot of good opportunities where if they had a bit more quality, we would have been punished. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the lineup because I felt like Tierney coming out of the team, being injured, had a huge impact on the um, the outcome of that game and and how we set up and how and how we performed in that game. Um, uh, Dan, do you wanna do you wanna speak on on the on the lineup for the West Ham game? Yeah, uh, Nigerian Dan, sorry. Which one? My sorry, man. Do you know why? Because Dan has got his thing off of mute, and you and you and Leroy have got your thing off on mute. So I thought 
Dan was preparing for to say something. Do you know what I mean? Because I was picking up the cues. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, I, I think it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Kalasanach was probably the only sort of unexpected thing. I know Tinny, he had an issue with his hip or something like that, right? Which is. Um, a little bit, little bit worrying considering I think he had some hip issues when he was coming back um, from injury to start of last season as well. So I think Arteta said that he's fine, expected to come back to training. So hopefully he's fit for that Liverpool game. But I think he is actually a big miss um, in that team because I feel like the way that we have developed to play um, has, has been almost been built around our better players, him being one of them um, on that left-hand side. So... Um, I think a lot, a lot of the time we ended up, especially in that second half, we ended up with the ball going to Kolasinac and he's basically got two passes um, in his locker, which one is which is straight down the line um, and the other which is straight down to, straight back to his centre-back partner, you know, so... And when you say him, down the line, you mean out for a throw-in? Or... Out for a throw-in. Yeah, okay. When, yeah. He gets, when he gets, like, to the edge of the box, he starts getting nosebleeds, he's, his ears start popping. Like, I don't know what happens to him, but, you know, he can't handle the pressure and the ball goes straight out of play. So I feel like, you know, from our game plan, it looked like we wanted to attack that um, right-back position of West Ham, got in behind them quite a few times, but the quality wasn't really there, um, as you would expect. So I feel like in this game, I know there was a spell about 20 minutes where... West Ham were on top and we looked very, very ropey and shaky. But I feel like other than that 20-minute spell, we we did have like long controlled periods of, of possession, progressed it well to the edge of their box uh, at times, but the, the quality was lacking and, and that final part, pass wasn't really there other than the two times that um, Bukayo Saka popped up in, in, in that sort of inside left position. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get set for the season with up to $1,000 off. So you can set the stage with style and set the bar more beautifully. So why not settle in together on a new sofa? Because being at home doesn't mean having to settle for less. Even though the holidays feel a little different this year, Haverty's Furniture can help you create the perfect holiday setting with up to $1,000 off plus 0% interest. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was a bit. It, I think it was a theme of the game that um, we were unable to get Saka on the ball as much as possible in those little pockets of space that we want him to operate in. And I think it was. It was quite a bad indictment on Xhaka and and Ceballos actually, because when I rewatched the game, there were so many opportunities for Xhaka and and Ceballos. I can't I, listen. You know, Ceballos is my oh, boy. I'm isn't ready it? to go. You know, I'm. I'm, I'm yeah, listen. He's, he's a bit rusty, right? He's a bit <laughs> rusty, yeah? He's a bit rusty. He's gone back to pre-lockdown, Ceballos. He needs to, you know, get back in. Tell him, to, all our aggression he had for Eddie, tell him to channel that on the, <laughs> on the football pitch because it's looking hazy, bro. I, I thought Ceballos looked good defensively, but offensive, um, on the ball, he was terrible. Very and him good. and Jacko were both really guilty of not being able to progress the ball. And... Um, you know, the only two times that, you know, we, we, we managed to get good shots off and stuff were, were, you know, for the goals where we actually got Saka in a good position. But yeah, Lira, you wanted to say something? Yeah. So it's interesting you brought Kalasnac because I, I also agree with you. I think that's a massive part of, of the game the other day. And I think this bring, brings in a dilemma because Tierney has injury issues because he's been overplayed all his career at Celtic. So we're going to have to cope without him. But the problem is, as Dan said, uh, Nigerian Dan said, this system has been suited to our better players. So 
a lot of people were calling for um, Gabriel to go to the left and Louise to come in. But then because we play the dual role where that left-sided centre-back plays as half-time left-back, half-time left-sided centre-back, you can't have a really another centre-back in that position or it doesn't really work very well. So we've got a problem because that means if Tierney's not in, we play Kalasnac. We know Kalasnac can't pass for shit and he can't defend. So he affects on the offensive and the defensive end. So our tech's got to find a solution. I, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. I thought, call me a madman, yeah? Because obviously, Shaka can only play when he's got no pressure. Um, when he's got pressure, that's the reason he didn't find Saka, because someone was in five yards of him. Mm. I'd actually play, if we've not got Tierney there, I'd play uh, Shaka in that left centre-back position mm. and have him moving out to left-back because he's played left, like, kind of played left-back or auxiliary left-back on a few occasions. And he's coped. He's not been awful. He's coped. Mm. So I would play him and use him in that position when we haven't got Tierney rather than Kalasanach as that yeah. first. Right? So, so um, we got... We're going to Anfield. We're going to Anfield on, on Monday, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna have you're gonna you're gonna prime Salah running that <laughs> running that Shaka in that in that left left back position. You know, you're yeah. you're a scary guy, man. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Do you know what? Um, so I wouldn't do it at Anfield, and the reason I wouldn't do it at Anfield is because we're going to be on the back foot a lot. So that that doesn't make sense. But in games like against West Ham, when we need to build up, I'd yeah. Shaka, drop Shaka into that left centre back position. He's then got space under no pressure to actually find that ball into the left, whoever it is, if it's Saka in that position or whoever's occupying that half space. Um, obviously, we'd have to bring in another midfielder um, and then whoever's playing with Ceballos. Um, that, that's how I'd go for it. Uh, I think that's probably the best bet and that's how you're going to maintain the fact where you still can build up play. Because one thing I've noticed is, especially when Louise is in the team, Gabriel, was do- he's, he was better against West Ham than he was in the first game in terms of progressing the ball. He was a bit more adventurous. But I still feel like that's to come. He's got to progress. So without Louise in the team, and then without Tierney in the team as well, our build-up build from the back is awful. It's really, really bad. Yeah. And it's so important in that back three because when you're playing that back extra man in defence, the possession regresses to where you've got numerical superiority. So it regresses to that back three. You pass it. A lot of the balls with that back three, and it's up to them to progress. So if we don't have good ball players there, and we're still playing that back three, we look terrible in build-up. So it's really important. If we haven't got Tierney in there, we definitely need Shackle in there. If we haven't got, um, what's his name, David Louise, we need a couple of players in there who can progress the ball well. Otherwise, we kind of fall apart in terms of our build-up and building up in the back. Yeah, I, I quite like that idea, actually. Yeah, I think it's a very good consideration, you know. Mm. I think the only thing that worries me is that in the left centre-back position, when he plays left-back as well, that Tierney does cover a lot of space going backwards as well, which is, I just... I just think Jacka won't be able to do that. But of course, against Liverpool, this is not something we should try. But in a game where we can dominate possession, I think there's a very good solution, you know. Um, Sheffield United coming up. My run it, man. Fuck it. <laughs> I, would def- I would definitely do it in the Sheffield United game. I would definitely do it in the Sheffield United game because when you're playing teams with a deep block, you need as many ball players on the pitch as possible. Especially when you need to be able to build from the back, you need to be able to um, have good penetrative passes in midfield, you need people who can dribble, you need multifaceted ballers on the pitch. You need to fuck all of these like Joe Willocks of the world and you need as many... Good today, support- mate. It was good today, yeah. And you need as many surprises on the pitch as possible. Um, it's just it's important. Mm. I, I, I do find that idea quite interesting. I do like it. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's not a bad suggestion, but my only like apprehension about it is unless we get these signings in our midfield 
like is is lacking numbers yeah. without because then you're starting the midfield of of Ceballos and El Neni and I don't know I don't know I don't know if we because I feel like of the ball progressors that we have Xhaka is still the best one that we have there like I know Ceballos um, was getting his plaudits at the end of last season but I still think Xhaka is a better ball progressor um, than than Ceballos is at this at this current point in time so under pressure or pressure uh, like with or with 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 or without, to be honest, I, I don't know. Like, but I feel like Shaka could do that role from the the um, that left from off. the centre back position. I, yeah. I feel like Maybe. It, so you'd have to kind of change the way you build build up play, and you'd have to basically make. Uh, obviously, you've got Louise there as well, but you'd have to basically feed the ball to Shaka in a higher position. So you get the left centre back who would be Shaka in that situation to step out a lot more often and drilling that pass to the to the events midfielders basically. That's that's how I would see it working. Mm. You'd have to tweak it a bit, but I just feel like actually, otherwise you lose too much without Tierney in the team, and Kolasinac literally gives the ball to the opposite team, literally yeah. to opposing players. You can't have that; like it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, th- I think we really missed Louise in the game as well. You know, because Louise, his passing is very good, like popping it into lines, but you know he does that really good ball over the top as well, and I think we missed that quite a bit just to add some variance to our build-up um you can't holding hasn't got a long pass in his locker whatsoever Kolasnac you know and Gabriel hasn't really shown like any real long passing ability so I felt like you know we we needed to mix it up a bit and we had no one on the pitch to do it do you know I think Luis is very good under pressure and one of the the core fundamentals that Arteta has about the way we're supposed to be playing this day you draw in the pressure and then you play around it. So I think Kolasinac very strongly struggles with this. Holding very strongly struggles with this. So Louise excels here because if the pressure comes, he can pop it left and right or he can go on behind if the space is there. For him, it's calm. I think Gabriel's all right. Um, I think still some adjustment issues um, in terms of with the ball when the pressure's coming. I think he likes going safe rather than taking maybe the risky option. Is that and, maybe just a confidence thing or do you think that's an ability thing? I think, I think it is a bit of both. And, and Obviously, I need to see more, but um, I think it's also got to do with him being very left-footed. Whereas Le- Louise can do it left or right. It doesn't really matter where the ball is. He can, he can, he can clap it from, from either side, really. So he's yeah. comfy doing that. And um, yeah, I think um, ultimately, I think what, um, what, what was mentioned about Jacka being in centre-back position, I think it would give us a lot of a lot of um, new elements and passing lanes from from um, from deep and uh, and on or how we put the ball. So it would change the way we play, but it would open up new areas of the pitch or zones that we currently not really operate in. But um, what I'm a bit worried about is the midfield too. So I, okay, and then he does his job. We know what he does. He pass, he passes sideways. He has a decent enough touch. I don't trust him to play vertical, short or long. So he won't do that. And it's very then dependent on Tobias doing that. And if he doesn't do it, then we have no vertical passes in midfield. And whilst Jacker has his deficiency, and we, we all know about it, he's fairly consistent as being at least vert- a vertical passer in midfield. And we really need someone in midfield, to at least one person to do it. Um, so it's very reliant on Tobias here because I have no trust in any doing that. Um, mm. So that is the only, only, only bad thing I think that would be... Um, would be um, would be not great um, if Jack has a centre-back position, but maybe that opens up new passing lanes. Um, I, I don't know. Somehow maybe um, have the, whoever plays on the left, if it's um, Ainsley Metanaz or Saka, maybe if it's Saka, have him tuck in more 
to be the recipient of some of these passes. So that make it very obvious that Sabayas, when you have the ball, when you and then when you have the ball, make sure that you're looking for Saka in between the lines or for Bamming in behind. Um, I think there need to be some very coordinated um, passing moves for us to to excel here because I just don't trust Sabayas and then they need to pick people between the lines or vertical as much as Raka in midfield. To be honest, I, I like the solution. It's a straight choice between El Nani and Kolasinac. I was just going back to the Gabriel thing as well. One thing I noticed, Gabriel, as you said, it, it's a little bit of both. Gabriel was actually quite good with his left foot like in terms of passing and striking the ball. He's not as smooth when the ball's at his feet. And that's one another reason, because holding's terrible at both. So another reason why I need to see Saliba, because Saliba's fantastic with the ball at his feet, might not so be good, so good in his distribution as passing. But in regards to how uh, Dan's, uh, German dad said in terms of Arteta's trying to play, we're trying to get, invite pressure in the centre-backs, invite people to close us down. Saliba can give a quick shoulder drop or a shimmy on one side and go. He's really good at that. So it would be really, really interesting um, if you put Saliba with David Luiz. Both of those players are good on the ball in terms of manipulating it and good under pressure. Gabriel maybe not so good and he is playing it very safe at the moment. But I feel like that would really increase our build-up from the back and the ability to do that, obviously, with Tierney in the team. But like I said, when he's not in the team, I would much rather play Shaq yeah. in that position, bring Onneni in, than play Kolasinac, who literally gives it to the other team. At least Onneni is going to relatively keep the ball. He's not going to be the most adventurous guy in the world. And we're not going to lose it. and It's not going to break down. And we're not going to have to be running backwards for because Kolasinac is giving it to their striker. Hmm. Mm. No, I think, I, think, I think Tierney is supposed to be fit. For Monday, anyways, though. So yeah, hopefully, we, so. we don't. Hopefully, we, we don't have this issue. Well, we need a plan forward because we can't yeah. play a hundred games a season. Like plan, yeah, plan, plan B. Plan B happens when when Partey and Awa come walking through the door <laughs> at, at London Colney. Do you get me? Oh, so, yeah, yeah. When's that happening? I don't know, never, man. <laughs> I'm getting nervous. Man, Fabrizio sent a dagger through my heart today, man. It was matting. The man said 90% impossible. 90% impossible. Just... Not, even, not even 10% possible. 90% <laughs> impossible. What kind of trust of life? <laughs> but but I, this, I just can't see um, get us getting both. Who are you going to sell? I've huh? got a portion of faith for, for you here if you want. <laughs> I just, who are we selling to, to, to raise the funds for both of them? And, <laughs> yeah, and I'm telling you now, Terrell's got an loan fund. Loan with but, but Fabrizio said it's. Um... Didn't he? Didn't he reference a permanent deal today? No, he didn't say what it was permanent. I'm telling you. I thought I saw something about how personal terms with Atletico has been agreed. Yeah, but what's that? So we have a loan. Torreira's going on loan from. I want to go. I want to go back. You want another cheeky bet, Lewis? I'm here with it. Terrell's gone on loan with option, fam. No, I think he probably will go on loan, but I think there'll be a cl- I think there'll be a. I think there'll be an obligation. I don't know about an option. I don't know about. Option. Anyway, let, let, let's talk a little bit more about the West Ham game. Let's talk- I, I wanted to go back on the Saliba point quickly because I, I know this might be gas, but I think if Saliba plays for us, I think it will give us a new dimension and build up for the things that Leroy has said because I. Holding has no capabilities in build-up. Mm. Zero. He cannot <laughs> pass. He cannot evade pressure. He cannot invite pressure. He has, it, it, like, it's literally zero. It's, so, it's, 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 a surpri- it's a surprise that we even did as much as we did against West Ham with Kalasnach and Holding in the side. It's, it's crazy to me because 
he doesn't even stop the guy trying all of these 60, 70 yard sprays every three minutes. And you're just like, why are you doing that? Just play it simple because it's so annoying when I see him, he looks up and I'm like, no, don't look up. Look to your right wing back or look mm. to your centre back partner because he literally just, we lose possession. The ball goes to Holden. If he doesn't pass it back to the centre back or he doesn't pass it to the right wing back, the, the ball's lost. You know, and it's so frustrating that we'll, we'll be recycling the ball, recycling the ball, goes to holding, boom, the other team's attacking us now and we have to try to win it back. But yeah, man, the guy, I, it, really, it really upset me when I heard that, um, you know, it was a U-turn on him going on loan or whatever because I really thought we were finally going get, to um, get rid of this guy. And I just want to hear your thoughts on why Saliba's not, not getting games or get, not getting minutes because obviously I know it's early, he's 19, this, that and the other, but I feel like... A game like today would have just been perfect to yeah. We should you know, really ease brought that up, shouldn't we? We should we should have brought that up. But I was very disappointed. I only really wanted to watch this game because of Saliba today. So I was quite disappointed that he wasn't included. Actually, um, has anyone got any any thoughts as to why? I mean, it must be a a fitness thing, right? Or some kind theory, of Leroy, Leroy, you got this theory to be fair, and I kind of uh, yeah. agree with, with it to be honest. No, because I, I was just saying like I thought that. Because Saliba, because I couldn't think it was a fitness thing, because he was well documented that Saliba came over to the England early, because France finished six months ago. He couldn't play in a cup final, but he was already in England as soon as they finished. He was in England when we won the FA Cup. And the reason he came early is it was documented, he said, he wanted to make a big impression. He didn't want to wait around. He wanted to start. So he came in to get as fit as possible. That's, that's why he came here. So he basically had a full preseason. So I can't see it being fitness. Mm. Um, I feel like Arteta has seen him and he may have a few sort of flaws because he's still a 19-year-old. But the whole year, the whole fan base, everyone at Arsenal has been getting excited about Saliba, thinking this is going to be our saviour, this man's going to come in, he's going to change our defence, blah, blah, blah. But he's still a kid. So I feel that Arteta is managing expectations here. And I feel like he's managing expectations with not just Saliba, not just the fans, I'm thinking with Saliba himself, because mm. Saliba probably thought he's going to come and walk straight into the team. And... Everyone knows Arteta's trying to make a culture in this club where everyone's got to fight, everyone's got to work like a dog. So if you're some young phenom of a defender and you come and expect to, to walk into the team, but then all of a sudden you find yourself playing under 23 games and fucking on the bench and everything. He's, I mean, if he's got the right mentality and he's sort of adapted, he's going to be working like a dog to get in this team. Mm -hmm. right I feel like it's partially that and partially just he wants to ease him in, he wants to settle him down. Um, he wants to sort of calm the fans and not make him, him out at the saviour to, to kind of manage his career. Um, that's what I feel like Arteta is doing anyway, personally. That, that, that would make a lot of sense. That would make a lot of sense. Um, any, other, any other things to note about the, the West Ham game? Um, I thought Holden was particularly poor defensively for the goal um, for Antonio. I thought that was... I mean, yeah, Kolasinac as well. We didn't get close enough to... Um, the crossover, I thought, holding, which is, oh, man. <laughs> Do we even have to? Let's not even talk about it. Let's not talk I'm about it, man. Him, but... <laughs> let's not talk about it. Let's talk about the goals. Let's talk about the goals. Because I thought we, both of them were quite nice goals and quite similar, you know. Um, Saka getting in that space and playing a, a ball in behind. And um, the first one, obviously, Aubameyang's crossed it into Lacazette. Lacazette's our top goal scorer now, I think, isn't he? Got a couple. Him and, him and, him and other joint. Oh, him another joint. Yeah. So, um, and then the second one, obviously, Sabios, my boy, is popping up. What, what, what do we think about that run then from Sabios? Because, um, you know, that was quite a, um, 
it was it was a bit you know hey, it didn't look it didn't look practiced this it guy. didn't look practiced it looked like he's basically seized the moment and thought you know what I need to I need to win this game for the boys and yeah. you know it's so shameless it's ridiculous. I'm not, yeah, I mean, no. if he doesn't make that run, we don't win the game, do we? Who, no yeah. one was making that that run all game. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like Saka almost forced him, forced him into it mm. personally. Like, if you look at when Saka receives the Correct. ball, um, Sabios Sabios wasn't gonna make that run until Saka sort of initiates the the play by coming inside. Yeah. And I think that's that's part of the reason why I rate this guy so highly. It's just that I think. You know what sort of what Leroy um, and and Dan was saying earlier that he makes things happen happen on the pitch and he uses the other players really well um, to create that space. So like I think Saka when he receives it, he's looking and he's he's seeing that I don't really want to just give it straight back to Sabayas, which was the initial pass that was on. So he decides to come inside himself, which forces Sabayas to make that run into the space. So then Saka can actually. Uh, find him and feed that. So I feel like he sees that picture in his head, and then that's that's what um, that's what comes off. So I think, like, yeah, it's a good run from Sabas, but I think I want to give Saka a bit more credit um, for that piece of play um, than Sabas. Um, and I think as well, like as I said before, we got into lots of similar situations like that where we got behind um, their right back, but the quality wasn't there. Like I can think of two at the top of my head where. I think Saka was in behind. He had the opportunity to play across first time to Pepe. He hesitated and allowed Morgan to get across. Same thing with Aubameyang. And I feel like on a different day, we could have had like three or four of those goals from those situations. But as I said before, the quality wasn't there. But, you know, I think, I think yeah, that goal, is, it's all about Saka for me. Mm. Do, you know what, do you know what I really like about them, both of the goals and Saka's pre-assists? That he forces the action of the person that gives the assist with both passes so with Sabayas it was here's the the space you need to you, you can't take a touch you need to pass it straight away and it was similar with Aubameyang he really pushed it into space towards the byline so Aubameyang has to cross the first time rather than touching it and coming trying to come inside anything like that so those are the things that good passes do so I just wanted to say that but yeah. overall in the West Ham game though we were fucking terrible yeah, I mean, it was very similar patterns to what we've seen, you know, and, and, and we have to be kind of, we have to be objective with this because we, we saw that kind of performance similar with Emery, would you say? You know, like that, we definitely saw a version of that under, under Emery. So we have to be kind of consistent and, you know, we have to, you know, I know we all like Arteta, but there were, there were, there were, there were things not quite right. And I, but I think a lot of those things were person, personnel. So I think we would have seen a better performance if Tierney and Louise had played. I think we would have done a lot better personally. Um, let's uh, let's move on to some listeners' questions then. Actually, let's talk a little bit about Pepe actually because oh! um, yeah, like I, I can't believe we we didn't we didn't we didn't talk about this. Uh... That guy is fucking useful. <laughs> he is. Absolutely abysmal. You know what? You know it's mad, yeah. You lot, you lot talk about the guy like you caught him in your Mrs. DMs or something, bro. Like you got the agenda. The agenda's too mad on this guy. You know bro. what? Like, he don't hit anyway, so I wouldn't care. No man, you're too. Oh, you lot, you lot are too. You lot are too critical on him, though. I think like, zero take me, on success. Yeah. Like, for me today, 
today in this in this match, he he just didn't he did nothing of note to be honest. I don't think he was particularly that bad, but he, he definitely wasn't particularly very good. I just feel like every miscontrol, every time you know the ball goes out for throwing, you are on his neck. You know, like you're not. It's all the time. time. No, 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 no. It's every possession. With 90% of the time that he receives the ball, he either runs it off the pitch, he runs it into his opponent, or he does something that looks like 10% drippy, like it might come off, and then he falls over or it fucks up. He doesn't... Look at the difference between him and Saka. Yeah, it's crazy. It looks night and day at the moment. It really does look night and day. What, what is there? Is there anything that Pepe can do that Saka can't? Saka gets past his man more. He's more intelligent. He's got a better final product. He, he strikes the ball better. Athletically better. Like, I mean, it really well, I is. Feel like, I, feel, I feel like if, if you flipped it and Pepe was the academy product and Saka cost 72 million, I feel like your criticism of both players or your judgment of both players would be completely different personally. Like you're, you're too on Pepe for, for, for little things that go wrong cause, and you're not giving him enough credit for things that go right. Like in that first half, we attacked completely down the left-hand side, right? He, didn't, he wasn't really getting involved in the play. So it's very difficult for you to make something happen when you're not involved. In the second half, he was getting more of the ball. After a few touches, he, he, he finally had, had the space to go at his man and we scored a goal from it. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's just like, I feel like you need to be just balanced in your analysis. Because for me, I don't think he had a good game I've today. I've tried to be balanced, Dan. I've, I've, be tried. Balanced, you know? well, I, I've tried to be balanced. But how can I be balanced about a guy who is constantly off balance? How, what, what, how does that work? <laughs> Yeah, like, I just, I just feel like today was just a nothing game from him. Like it's nothing to get heated about. Well, he, he has too Obviously many of them. This yeah, is the issue. He has too many of these nothing games because these are the games that shouldn't be nothing games. These are the these are the games that he should be taking advantage of. And because William, we didn't talk about William against West Ham. William was poor. William was very, very poor against West Ham. So if 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 Pepe performed well today. He'd be in the team at Anfield. He'd be in the team. But he's done nothing today to put him in, 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 inside against Liverpool. It'll be Willian again. Willian's kept his place by virtue of doing fuck all. <laughs> like, do, you think, literally. Do, you think, do you think it's coincidence that we're saying Saka and Nelson had good games and where were they operating today on that left-hand side? And then Aisley Maitland and Niles was terrible today. Willock had a very, very bad first half. So, like, the people who are supposed to be linking with Pepe are not playing well either. So, do you, think that you, don't, do you not think that has... A factor here. Like, we saw, we saw Ainsley Maitland-Niles make his first overlap on like the 55th minute. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's like, you can't be expecting a guy to just do things by himself. But individually, all their base games were terrible. So, okay, so you, okay, I completely understand in context of the people he's linking up with. But then you look at what Pepe did when he received the ball in good positions and it was pants. It was, and, and the thing is, it's not just this game. It's often. It, he doesn't do enough. He doesn't, make the difference enough. He doesn't beat his man enough. He doesn't play in a good pass enough. It, all his, his end products are off his movements and his individual movements a lot of the time and far too much of the time, they're just terrible. It's just not good. And it's, it's not good enough. See, the, see the thing is, uh, and it pains me to, to in a way, agree with Leroy because I don't want to, but I, w- I wouldn't go as far as terrible, but I would say definitely not good enough. And really with Pepe, I think also... I don't know if this is a coaching instruction or not, but the, when, when Nelson was showing for the ball at times, Pepe would always go in behind. When Ainsley and now has the ball, Pepe is trying to run in behind. He's, he's trying to compete for you. So he's not given... I don't think he was giving Ainsley and now as many options in that first half. Granted, they 
the whole right side didn't play well and we take that into context. Then I look at the second half performance. I felt Willow played very well in the second half. I was making jokes about him in the first half. Second half, he was good. Yeah, them jokes dried up, didn't they, Dan? Mate? I was still cracking jokes, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but he was quite good. So that was a player that gave Pepe the ball quite a bit times in the second half. And I feel like he didn't really produce what he, what, what he could have or should have produced. For If you've got to think... The whole, the whole attack, he, he's the most senior player out of the whole attack. Yes, the most senior apps are Eddie, Saka and Nelson. You'd expect him to be the guy leading the line, but it felt like Nelson, Saka and Eddie. They, yeah, they were leading they were him. Kind of thing. And they were, they were trying to get him in the game in the second half more. And um, granted, he was involved on the goal, um, but I think that is by chance. And there were, we had a lot of chances in this game that could have resulted in the goals that came from Saka and and Nelson and they were of greater quality. Really, I've been disappointed with him. I, obviously, I still have faith that there is a plan in somewhere, but he really needs to he need he really needs to focus and sharpen up because as we said, William has that right wing spot at the moment. Pepe needs to displace him, I think. And mm. he gets he will get the opportunity often enough because William will drop disaster classes often enough. But it's just whether Pepe is gonna perform when the time is right. Do you know what you I mean? Know what pissed me yeah. off because William was Awful, yeah, and we saw why Chelsea fans complain about William so much. He was so bad, yeah. (laughs) That that performance was fucking ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I I always couldn't believe how bad it was. I was like, "Are you? Are you a drugs fan?" Like even last week. Last week was okay, but I thought, "How can you go from that to this?" That's like literally Jekyll and Hyde. That was so bad. And then Pepe came on. It was arguably worse. And I was like, "I was so annoyed. I was so annoyed." I was like. Nah, like these lot of stress. Oh, my blood right pressure there. was high. I was like, it was, it was, it was long. So that right wing, yeah, we need a new one still. Like, yeah, that, that, that. I, I'm gonna have to remove uh, William's uh, chinchilla jacket after say, after Saturday's yeah, performance. Yeah, yeah. It's like when Frank Lucas went to <laughs> went to prison in a <laughs> in a what was the movie called again? I can't remember what the movie. American was. Gangster, and he was American Gangster. Everyone. That's what William is doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's more to working from home than emails. So you need Wi-Fi with reliable speed, the most in-home coverage, and built-in security. You need Xfinity XFi. That's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity Internet and learn about our great offers. You'll get amazing value with speeds that deliver and reliable coverage you can count on. And with XFi Advanced Security, you can keep all the devices in your home connected and protected from Wi-Fi network threats. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store to learn more today. Restrictions apply. All right, I'm going to go through some listeners' questions anyway before we wrap things up. Um, so I'll start with the patrons first. Uh, Chris.dede, he asks, uh, assuming we continue to use the back three for the majority of the season, who are the panel starting three centre-backs? By the way, Chris, yeah, you need to learn how to finish, mate, right? Because when Chris comes and plays for the Touchy Gooners fives, his finishing is all over the place. <laughs> all right, just, just, letting, just letting Chris know that, all right? But yeah, um, <clears throat> uh, back three guys. Um, who who would be your prefer- preferable back three? Leroy, I'll start with you. What on um against Liverpool? Just like who would be your main back three? Like over the course of the season, who would you use the most? Oh, I hate this back three shit, man. I, I, I don't like a back three, but if we ha- if we must, because I mean, in context of Arteta's dual role. Boy, because the thing is, then there's only room for... So, ideally for me, in context of Arteta's dual role, I'm having Tierney, Gabriel and Saliba, me personally. 
Um, that's what I prefer to see. So Gabriel is the middleman. Yeah. Mm. He's been the middleman in the last two games. He's done okay. I know that that Louise has got the ball progression and the ball ability. I'm just not really a fan of him as a defender. Um, and I, I'd really like to see uh, Saliba and um, Gabriel play. Only issue is I just don't like this back three shit, man. Um, I think if you're playing those two, they can cover wide spaces, they can cover central spaces, and they've got the athleticism just play the back four. Mm. German Dan? Oh, this is tough still. Because um, I, I do think Louise in the middle kind of makes sense. Um, and that boy Saliba has to play. Um, I want Saka left wing back. I want Tierney left centre back. I think I don't want that back three shit anymore as well. But for this one, uh, I'll go. Nah, nah. I have to go Gabriel because what I've seen Louise do at times, yeah, nah. We haven't really spoke about Gabriel's actual defensive performance on West Ham. Uh, how did you guys think f- feel it was? Because I-, I think I was a little bit critical of him, actually. Um, I felt like he looked a bit hesitant. But then I rewatched the game and I thought he did a lot of good things. So um, maybe, I, maybe I was just watching. I-, I wasn't really watching the game live, to be fair. I was with friends. So maybe... He's just um, strong in 1v1 duels. He's like, Antonio didn't want to know. He didn't want to know after a while. He was like, nah, fuck this guy, man. Let me, let me, let me drop off to holding. Let me go to holding, yeah. <laughs> it's just a shame we haven't got... If we had Saliba in there as well, Antonio would have been pissed. Oh, yeah, so... He'd have had to go pick on Ceballos or something. <laughs> I think he was very good in, in his uh, one we on duels. Very strong, very dominant in those. I think, airily, I didn't like some of his defensive headers. So, mm, like, I think this was it. I think that was it. He just looked a bit messy. Like he, he he's he's good at winning duels in the air, but I felt like his the direction of the headers. Um, sometimes it wouldn't be he wouldn't aim for a teammate; he would just head it out. And then sometimes he would hit the, the ball wouldn't really hit his forehead; it'd be too flat. Be off and off of his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try it up in the air, and basically the ball kind of comes back. So I didn't like his defensive headers, but apart from that, I think his game was calm. He he looked decent on the balls. Well, played a couple long balls, um, one or two passes between the lines. Hopefully, he does that a bit more. Um, he can pam a ball. Um, I think he was he was okay, man. I liked him in the first in the first two games I've seen him. Nigel and Dan, what would your preferable back three be? Yeah, I think I agree with both both the guys, mm-hmm. man. Like, I think Louise for his on the ball qualities in some of the smaller games might be the way to go. Um, but ideally, in the smaller games, I agree. Like, we just bin the back three um, all together. But I feel like. We, we need to start planning for the future now. Um, Louise's contract's going to be up at the end of the year anyway, so uh, I'd rather just invest the time into Gabriel than see him play, really. Yep, fair enough. Um, got a question for the lineup on Monday, but I think we'll do a preview Patreon post for the, for the Liverpool game. I think that deserves like a, a, a special pod. Thierry2021, 20, uh, I don't like this negative energy from Thierry21, so I'll ask it anyway. He's asked, um, our or Partey alternatives? Question mark. Oh, fucking hell. The thing is... Nobody. I don't want anyone. The thing is, to. the alternatives are such a drop, yeah? In quality, day. I know. I see you bloody talking about Ross Barkley today. Fucking, I hell. love Ross Barkley though. Fucking you know, I'm hell, Ross. Cr- Why do you love him? I think he's sick. He makes I the wrong decision every single bloody time. You would hate him at Arsenal. Absolutely fucking hate him. Nah, I think he's sick. I think he's got loads of ability. I think he's got everything you want from a modern day attacking midfielder. I think he's got you only like him because he's like half Ebo. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> peoples, that's my peoples. Don't talk about it. But um, yeah, I, I just feel like he's got lots of ability. I feel like he's got the PMP, he's got the creativity, he's got the dribbling ability, he's got the shooting ability, athleticism, the lot. Um, yes, he frustrates a little bit of his decision making. He's still young. I think under a good coach, Ross Barkley could be a fantastic player. There were rumours um, from the Chelsea lot about a Gendouzi Barkley swap. If that doesn't stop our additions, I am biting your hand off. He's, he's, not, that, he's not that young anymore. He's 26. 27 at the end of this season. 26, isn't it? Yes, 26. Yeah. No, he's not young, but he's young. He's, he's, he's 27 young. in a few months. But um, uh, literally, as you just said that, Leroy, I've just seen a report from the Telegraph, um, Aston Villa, they've put in a loan bid for him. So he might be going there. Fair enough, but I think whoever gets him, uh, they're lucky, man. I think he's a good player. Mm. What about... Um, Obviously, it's a massive step down from our. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Man. I would not accept that as a replacement. That's bullshit. But, mm. um, mm. yeah, I, I wouldn't say no to Ross Barkley in addition. Any any other alternatives for, for our or party? I know we've, we've mentioned Samari. I think we had this kind of question last he's week as well. downgrade, bruv. Mm. Like, he's decent. He's good. Like He's really good potential. And I, I like his profile. Mm. Such a downgrade is untrue. Do you know what the issue is right now? Yeah, so we're in the club. Let me paint the setting for you, right? We're in Faces on the Saturday night, all right? Back when Faces was popping, all right? Back when Faces was popping, back when Faces was popping, all right? So, uh, what, what was that thing called? Sunday night sessions or whatever. We had to be a member of it, right? So, right, we're in the club, right? We're having a good night, right? We're, um, we find these two girls, right? Me and my mate, right? We found two girls, all right? And they're absolute worldies, right? And we're talking to them all night, talking to them all night, talking to them all night. We're really, really interested. We think we're getting somewhere. And then, boom, it's taken from us by, you know, some South End footballer or something like that. Who's, you know, he's the guy's, guy's got, got a bottle of, they got the bottles of Grey Goose yeah, he's, out, he's yeah. He's got the bottles of Grey Goose. He's got the bottle of Grey Goose. So now I'm like scrapping around, like, right, who can we get? Who can we get? And now I'm like looking at the rest of the riffraff and I'm like, I can't really see anything. So, yeah, I, th- that's my analogy for Awar and Partey. Uh, um, it's on the nail, to be honest. It's, yeah, it's not bad. That, that story has never happened to me, by the way. Obviously, I always get my... <laughs> I always get my we, we always punch, we always punch, you know? We always punch, so... Lou getting the bottles, isn't it? But yeah. no, Vils, um, I think the Samare stuff, um, even last year, I, I, I was encouraged by the links, but the price tag for me, I can't lie, is too much for the quality he has right now. And I... I think it's difficult for me to kind of be able to ascertain his, his, his ceiling or where he would be going as a midfielder. Um, I think the price tag, like what they're saying, 40 M's, I think is a lot, man. Um, initially, I thought it was 20, 25, given the COVID market and him not playing much. If they're looking for 40, I think we need to look at different alternatives. That's too much money. That's basically part-time money, even if it's not planned, you know? So, um, I think... Wait, you think 40 mils too much for our? No, 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 for um, Samare. Oh, oh Samari! Oh yeah, fuck that! Yeah, that's way too much. Fuck that! No, nah, he's too much of a downgrade. Who would Samari be a, 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 an alternative for? Awa or Partey? Partey, but, Partey, yeah. Partey, but he's not. He can't really be a, a pure DM in the in a. Don't right? pass that Partey. Mm, he doesn't. But good ball carrier, though, right? Good, good ball, ball carrier, carrier, but he's just not as secure on the football. Mm, I feel like I feel like with Samari. Um, it would be, again, just not having enough of the qualities in one player, right? So, you know, you want a player for that price and the profile, you want a player who's able to do it all. And 
unfortunately, that, that sort of player costs top dollar. So whoever we get as an alternative, you're probably going to lose one of those um, uh, ca- ca- characteristics, right? So I feel like it's, it's these two players or bust. But don't get me wrong. Like if you said at the start of the season, like start of the window, you're going to get Sumare. Because I firstly feel we'll get one and then an alternative, right? And so if you get Awa and Sumare... I would not be telling you, oh, that's a bad window. I'd be disappointed with that. But I think it's after spending, you know, this long, you know, hoping that you're going to get uh, the 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 black star himself, yeah, um, to come and come and sit in at the base of your midfield to then have to downgrade is is the issue there because I, I just feel like you we're this close from having the right profiles in all of the right positions. Maybe not necessarily the right quality, but that would have been the start of having the right quality and the right profile in the position. And I think if we don't get both of them, it, it, it's just going to leave us um, a bit short, personally. Agreed. Yeah, I think it's going to leave us very short if we don't we don't get them. I think, I, I can't lie, if we get them, I'd be very optimistic of our chances for challenging for top four, potentially making it, because I think Ateta, um, Ateta's coaching qualities could, could bridge that gap. But if we don't have them, I think we will lack that necessary quality and the top six will be a fight. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Robin Brewster, uh, sorry, Robin Stanford, sorry, asks if if Brewster is 25 million, uh, is he gone? Brewster, is he gone for 25? Yeah. Is there just been a bid, is it? How much is Eddie worth? But, well, we said before, I wouldn't sell Eddie for anything under 30 mil. Yeah, I think he's about... English, 20 years old, clearly got a goal-scoring record, going to break the under-21 record. He's coming. He's coming, clearly. I wouldn't tell Eddie for anything under 30 mil. Myth. Think yeah. I'm Eddie for 25 mil. Fuck off. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. But, but, but do you think we would get that money for Eddie? Mm, it'd be difficult because I could see someone like Tammy Abraham, who's probably done more than Eddie and valued higher, he would probably go for about 30 mil. Mm. Oh, I think we probably wouldn't yeah, get that. Tammy's got to surely go for like 40, no? Yeah, I think Tammy, you could get way more than that for Tammy Abraham. You think? Yeah, yeah. Because he's young as well. He scored, what, 14 league goals last year? So, And he's English. So. And he's whacked the championship as well. Yeah, yeah so. Plus 40. Mm. I think, seen I think, Ollie, the thing is, you see Ollie Watkins go for like 28 million. Right uh, <laughs> yeah, we can't see it. He's got to go for more than that. So... So I feel it's it's a fun it's a funny one because we we just can't sell our players, man. It's it's weird. I think getting forty m's for Iwobi, getting forty m's for Oxlade Chamberlain was just sort of like they were flukes, and I just don't feel like we'd be able to command proper fees for our players, man. For some reason, yeah. like even though even though Andy and Ketia scored goals in the Premier League, scored goals in the Championship, I just feel like the way Brewster is sort of marketed almost, he's like. He, he can command a higher fee, if that makes sense. Like, Eddie's just, he, he doesn't have the same sort of, like, star quality for anything like that, if that makes sense. Like, not that Bruce has got star quality, but I feel mm. like he, the hype around him is a lot higher. Um, Maybe Arsenal could do more to do that. Mm. I think I think this has something to do with, um, it's a mix of Arsenal um, not being very dominant um, for the last couple of years in, in the Premier League and, and other competitions, apart from the FA Cup, really. And it's also got to do with um, nationalities at times. I think when we sell Awobi and um, uh, Oxford Chairman and both, both um, youth, youth products effectively or coming through through the ranks at Arsenal. And um, those players we, we can probably sell because of the homegrown 
I'm going <laughs> what kind of music is that? Man's listening to fucking the the banjo or whatever. It's Man, I, I, I just saw a Tifo video. I was like, I <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's on my watch list. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, I think I think the Brewster thing is based on yeah, as you said, rep. His reputation is he's at Liverpool. He's the main striker. Um, he I think he's he's he scored a couple of goals for England as well. He's in England on twenty one or on twenty international. I know Eddie has the better record here. But he's done really well in the champ as well. I think he scored like 10 goals um, in the champ at Swansea and some good finishes there. So this is where the promise for him comes from. And I think he's always had like a bigger reputation than Eddie, which is, um, I don't know, I don't know how you can improve that um, mm. unless, it's, unless you as a club um, excel. Um, so a lot of the Chelsea guys, when they come through, they have very big raps. Hudson Adoy had a big rap. Reese James had a big rap. Um, I mean, even even Tammy had, uh, I think Tammy had more so worked for his reps, so he had like a failed loan at Swansea and then went to the champion club. But I think this has a lot to do with you, the perception of the football club and um, and the perception of um, the, the players you have at the football club. So both of it is kind of... Um, so cause being close to the Arsenal first team is not as valuable as being close to the Liverpool first team. And they say he's close. So, yeah. Mm. Vui, Vui Neandaro, who is obviously, he's, he's one of our main patrons. He was on the pod last week. He, um, he said, if we were to strike a deal for Zaha, what would anticipate our main formation? What would you anticipate our main form- formation being? I can't see oh. Zaha. I haven't even seen any links to Zaha. Or is that just some Twitter gossip? I can't see that happening. No, some, some big Twitter account basically said Zaha up top because he's playing up top right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, moving on the left, and it just went mad. Like it just blew up. Would that work? Um, I think it, it could work. It could work because I feel like Zaha would be better at holding the ball up than. Um, mm. um, and I could see that actually working, but I just don't think it's plausible at all. No. Do you know what Zaha is devastating in transition, and I think Palace in a way play a bit of four through two in transition, and when he does get the ball, one we one, you know you. That guy, curtains. Yeah, it's a wrap, isn't it? So mm. really, and, and again, centre-backs as well, for him, is, is easy. He does a couple of steps and he's gone. Um, so I think, I, I don't know. I, I, this is not feasible anyway, so I don't know why I'm thinking about it. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Uh, all right, last one then from Sasha. Um, <clears throat> she asks, uh, if the loan rumours are true, where do you see Nelson going? I think we spoke a bit about this last week. We, said, we, we all agreed that it has to be, and I think Leroy mentioned this earlier in the pod, where it has to be to a, a good club where he's going to get minutes. We need to see what he's about. And it can't be none of this going on loan in, to Stuttgart in the Bundesliga. Sorry, Dan, I know you love your beloved Bundesliga, but listen, Kai Havertz got a hat-trick today against Barnsley, so we know what the levels of a Bundesliga is, isn't it? So Bro, main that, that Bundesliga tax is looking... <laughs> Uh, oh, the you know. Boy, it's looking, it's looking peak. That tax is looking peak. That's looking oh, like the, that's looking like what tax is going to be like in Britain after coronavirus is done, bro. Oh, bro I'm planning my exit in it. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going Jersey, man. Island. <laughs> but anyway, I would like to see um, Nelson at a club like Fulham. Someone, okay, there might be shit, but he'll get bare minutes and mm. it's in the Prem. Um, 
think we could, sure. should sell all our players to bloody Fulham, to be honest. Yeah, to be honest, they could do with them. So, because um, he's not going to, because West Brom have got wavy wingers, so we ain't going to mm-hmm. play. Southampton, he's not going to play. Um, Fulham, he'd play. Sheffield United, he's, I don't want to see another Pulis situation because they're very particular in the way. Don't wanna go, you don't want to send anyone to Sheffield, man. West Ham, not going to play. Man United, not going to play. <laughs> Man United. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you just got out the thing. Dan James gets minutes. Well, who's, who, who plays for Newcastle? ASM and who? Who's the other side? It was um, Almiron, wasn't it? But who have they got now? They've moved Almiron Central. They play like... Um, what's that guy he used to play for Bournemouth? Oh, Fraser. Oh, Callum Wilson. They... No, the... Um, He's got like a buzz cut. Yeah, Ryan Fraser. No, not Ryan Fraser. It's the other way. He's older. Jeff Hendricks. I can't even remember his name, man. Newcastle. Didn't I sign Callum Wilson as well? I think they did. Yeah, they they play they play like four four two though, innit? Newcastle. So that's the thing. So I can only see him. I'm going through all the teams. Leeds, Bielsa will bench him in a hot. (laughs) Um, Brighton, I don't think will play. Matt, Matt Ritchie, too. Oh, was Matt Ritchie. Hey, how good is Nelson, blood? Because I'm going through the whole list and thinking, he ain't going to play no prem club, you know. Mm-hmm. Play for Newcastle, oh, though. Man, play for Newcastle. In their last game, when they got battered by um, Brighton, they, they played... Fraser and ASM, you know. I'm not yeah. sure. No, no, they didn't. They, did. they played 4-4-2 in that game. But I can see them playing Fraser and ASM. Yeah, they got Fraser now as well. I think I think the competition's a bit high there for him still. Oh, yeah, I like, a good shout. They got Andy Carroll playing number ten. Well, that is disgusting. <laughs> 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 All right, they need to go down for that. So. Yeah, that's nasty. Well, yeah, so I'm um, got yeah. Chris what Palace, type of role is that? Chris, <laughs> bro. Crystal Palace, he ain't getting ahead of Townsend and Eze, and Eze isn't even playing. So I don't, I don't know about that one. So looking at the whole table, he is not going to Brighton. Play. Brighton, who's eight? We mentioned oh, Brighton. Yeah, I think he'd, he could get games at Brighton. Right, they play like Jahakambash and nah, like, come on. Wait, wait, all them men are ballers, you know? No. Nah. All them men are Brighton. Jahakambash has I got think... like three goals in 80 games for Brighton, bro. He ain't a baller. Uh, Bright, Bright, yeah, Brighton and Fulham would be good fits because they try and play football as well, I think. Um, but yeah. They, um, yeah, I guess so. Brighton played Trossard and Trossard looks good, doesn't it? Trossard is a baller fan. Trossard is good, to be fair. Trossard, baller. Alzate, baller. But I'd yeah. like to see Lamptey and Nelson like link up on the same side. I think that'd be quite good. Yeah, but then he'll be left wing back, and he, he, he'll wow. be shit. He'll be shit. So he's not getting ahead of Solly March at wing back. No, not at wing back. On right wing. So okay, right wing. They off. They played a back three this season in their first. Yeah. Game. So uh, put Mopay up front, Nelson on the right, and Trossard on the left. Or put Nelson on the left, Mopay no, up front. No, but then they play four, so they're two wing backs, and then they play one Trossard behind Mopay and four, and another striker, the two up top. So four five two or four four three four one two. Listen, my boy, my boy Potter will make it work, right? <laughs> Have faith in my boy Graham. But yeah, on, on that on that note, I think we should leave it there. I think we've done a done a pretty comprehensive pod, and we managed to keep it like to like near enough an hour, guys. Well done, man. Well done. We're getting better at this pod in life. It's only taken us about five hundred something episodes. <laughs> anyway, um, guys, uh, big up you lot for for tuning in, and thank you for 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 all you patrons as well. Thank you for your listeners' questions, um, Leroy, Dan, and Dan. Nice to have you on the pod, and we'll be back sometime this week. Another patron. Still got more than
for every young woman. And now it's your daughter's turn. She'll need your guidance and support as she prepares for her first gynecological exam. At Lancaster Physicians for Women, part of Penn Medicine Lancaster General Health, we understand. Maybe it's because all of our gynecologists are women or the fact that women's health is all we do. We know you want her to feel comfortable to ask questions and have open conversations. That's our mission too. Visit lghealth.org to make an appointment. Podcast Network.